This morning's reflection is about transformation and relinquishment of afflictive states of mind. And a quote from an anonymous person. Pain, like pleasure, is inevitable, is an inevitable and temporary part of living. Suffering, however, is optional. Some years ago, I attended uh, a meeting <clears throat> of Dharma teachers that included teachers from many different Buddhist lineages. And in one of our discussions, the question, what is Buddhism, came up. The Dalai Lama, who was one of the guests of honor at the meeting, said that his response to this question is often that Buddhism is about certain kinds of mental training to eliminate all kinds of negative or afflictive emotions and all traces of these emotions. And he went on to define realization, liberation, as the complete purification of afflictive emotions. So I wanted to offer some very practical teaching, brief teaching on working with afflictive emotional states. Something that is both amazing, simple, and difficult to see is that irritation, anger, fear, hatred, the strong mind of wanting, not wanting. All develop from a momentary unpleasant feeling that went unnoticed. which points to the totally conditional nature of afflictive states of mind. And the tremendous importance in our practice of seeing the momentary, unpleasant, or pleasant feeling tone that shows up in relationship to experience. The point at which we become aware of anger or any of the other afflictive mind states depends on the quality or the focused strength and depth of our attention. So how can we work with any of these afflictive states through our practice? Just like any emotional state of mind and we'll just use anger as the uh, example at this point. Just like any 
other emotional state of mind, anger is not solid. It's made up of many, many different components, thoughts and stories spinning out, a specific mood of the mind, an emotional tone, we could say, and various changing bodily sensations. All of this coming and going, arising and passing. As soon as you see the thoughts that are spinning out the stories of anger or fear or self-judgment or doubt or greed, clinging, expectation, disappointment, as soon as you see the thoughts that are spinning out stories related to any of these states of mind, it's very helpful to try to let them go. Just let them drop away. Give them no mind, as I sometimes speak of it. These, these thoughts aren't only the expression of anger or any of the other afflictive states of mind, but they're also feeding the anger or whatever afflictive state of mind is there. They also feed it. They're like fertilizer for the angry mind. So let the stories go and bring the attention directly to the sensations in the body, feeling the emotion directly in itself without the story. So what are you feeling? Maybe heat or tightness or pressure, or maybe heaviness or contraction or some degree in tone of vibration. Where is it? And very, very important, how is it changing? Notice the mind, meaning at this point notice what your relationship is to these sensations. Is there resistance? More contraction? Really give this your best attention. Feel it, see it, know it. Is there interest grounded in kindness? Grounded in acceptance of the sensations in your body? Take a look. And in the service of acceptance, kindness, and patience, if the emotion is too strong to sit with, don't force yourself to sit with it. Do some walking meditation or some movement practice or some drawing. And if you're walking, you might walk a bit faster than you usually do. And bring your attention directly into the body with the walking, with the movement practice, and with the drawing, the focusing, and the attention in the way that we've been practicing these last few days. Or you might open up to the natural world outside. For instance, the expanse of the open spaces here, the field, the trees in conjunction with the wide open spaciousness of this sky here in New Mexico. Really take an interest. Notice the birds, insects, 
the small creatures of the world. Don't indulge thinking. Stay mindful in the present moment, in the physical world, and in the body, and in the breath, if you're practicing with the breath as your primary focus of attention with your formal sitting practice. In those moments of a connected, present moment attention, afflictive emotion disappears. At least it disappears temporarily. It isn't present. The ease, the sense of well-being that arises out of a completely connected present moment attention is really quite amazing beyond compare in a very quietly wonderful way. And resting in the natural world can be both an immediate experience and a clear mirror of ease for us. Whether you're outside walking, standing, drawing, or inside drawing pieces, parts and pieces of the natural world. That's also a possible way to connect. And some words from the Buddha regarding this. Abandon what is wholesome, O bhikkhus or O yogis. One can abandon the unwholesome. If it were not possible, I would not ask you to do so. If this abandoning of the unwholesome would bring harm and suffering, I would not ask you to abandon it. But as the abandoning of the unwholesome brings benefit and happiness, therefore I say, abandon what is unwholesome. Cultivate the wholesome, O bhikkhus. One can cultivate the wholesome. If it were not feasible, I would not ask you to do it. If this cultivation of the wholesome would bring harm and suffering, I would not ask you to cultivate it. But as the cultivation of the wholesome brings benefit and happiness, Therefore, I say, cultivate what is wholesome. The extraordinary wisdom, metta, and compassion of the Buddha. The heart, the mind of a Buddha sees only suffering and the end of suffering and encourages exhorts those heading towards suffering to take care and to pay attention rather than judging or condemning them. And the heart, mind of a Buddha in seeing those heading towards the end of suffering rejoices for them. This approach to life, this way of seeing can be a great inspiration, inspiring feelings of self-confidence within us. It can be done. I can do it. Over the years of my own practice, there have been times when I've experienced various difficulties within myself in relationship to the teachings and practice. And when I've been able to be very honest and humble about it with myself, I've seen that most of the time it's been because I was afraid that I wasn't capable of actualizing the teachings through my practice. 
And I've also found that when I've been filled with confidence in relationship to myself, that my love and my gratitude for the teachings, as well as for my own practice, has deepened and grown. My Burmese teacher, Pawak Sayadaw, says that we must always approach things with the attitude that you can be successful, that this is what the Buddha taught. In a practice interview with Pawak Sayadaw some years ago, I came in and said to him, this is too hard, it's just too hard. And Pawak Sayadaw looked at me with great kindness in his eyes and a light laughter and simply said, no it isn't. <laughs> and it's true. The suttas, the direct teachings of the Buddha, are filled with this approach to practice. It isn't too hard. It is possible. I'd like to conclude our reflection this morning with a recipe. It may be a recipe that you're familiar with and maybe have cooked up at times, but never uh, hurts to review certain recipes. It's called a recipe for unhappiness. And the ingredients is one cup of what is, one cup of inability to accept what is, three tablespoons of complaints, one teaspoon of light whining, a quarter pound of alternate scenario, preferably unattainable, one bunch of actual reality, one pint of idealized worldview, two teaspoons of perfection, and four sprigs of envy minced for garnish. And here's what you do with these ingredients. In a large bowl, whisk together what is with an equal amount of inability to accept what is. Stir in complaints and let sit until brooding and sulking set in. <laughs> Add a dash of light whining, especially in the company of friends. But be careful not to overseason or they won't hang around. In a separate bowl, add alternate scenario to actual reality from your garden and separate leaves from stems. Then try to reattach leaves in the exact pattern that existed before separation. Pour in idealized worldview and process in food processor using on and off turns. When the mixture is pureed, add to what is an inability to what is and blend. Add exactly two teaspoons of perfection and let stand until tears form. Garnish with minced envy and serve immediately. And another uh, similar teaching with a very different approach to offering it from Nanshin, Chinese sage Nanshin. By not quite accepting 
because they do not please us, things that are so. We spend our entire lives making meaningless gestures somewhere next door to reality. <coughs>